Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we tackle your marriage and relationship issues. And we do this because understand, people, that if your marriage or relationship is a mess, It's going to impact everything you do during the day. It's going to impact your witness in the workplace. It's going to impact your witness at home, in your neighborhood. It makes a huge difference. And so we tackle this because this is a passion of ours, because marriage is the foundation of society. And as marriage has crumbled over the last 60 years, so has our society. It is so important that we recognize the importance of marriage, and that's why we tackle it. All right. If you would like to join the I Work For Him Nation, we would like to have you join us as we tackle just really making an impact in our workplaces, starting by praying for our coworkers and employees by name each and every day, looking for ways to serve them, looking for ways to befriend them, but all along being a person of excellence in the workplace. That's what it means to be part of the I Work For Him Nation. Join the I Work For Him Nation today. Start making an impact on your world tomorrow. You know, Martha, as we tackle these marriage issues, and we're, we're dealing with the book, The Lies That Couples Believe, The Lies Couples Believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. We've been going through this the last several months on Tuesdays when we have a chance. This one today is perhaps the most insidious one we see in marriage relationships. What do you mean by that, Jim? Well, oh, that was one of my high school vocab words. What is it? Insidious. No, means... I don't mean what does insidious mean. I mean, I why mean, do you say that, Jim? It's, we see so many marriages struggling with this. Hey, uh, and, and today's mm. topic, the, the, the lie is I am who I am. And the, the real well, That's one the way is, Popeye said it. The, that's right. I am who I am. The lie. My spouse should accept me just the way I am, or as Billy Joel said, just the way you are. So we're talking about, you know, spouses going, hey, you know, you married me. You, you see the goods. You got them as the way they are. The, this is who I am. I'm not changing. What was that? Wizzy watchy or whatever. What you see is what you get. I have never heard Wizzy watchy ever. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, another word invented right here on iWork. No, for him. it's an acronym. Uh, what you see is what you get. Wizzy watchy. I don't know exactly watchy? how you're supposed to say oh, it. Oh but... my word, Ace! You may need to filter out that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that word is explicit or not. No, it's not because it's coming from me. Okay, but all of this thinking, what we're going to talk about today, really. It really demands a paradigm shift in our minds. 
because that's the way the world thinks, that you should just be accepted just the way they are. But that's not the way the Bible talks. That's not the way our Savior demonstrated it. Romans 12.2 talks about the paradigm shift that is in our minds. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that's really what this topic is all about. You know, if you're going to have a Christ-centered marriage, there isn't anything that is outside the bounds of being fixed. Is that the right way to say that? I don't, what do you know? You're, sure. No. Okay. So in other words, there's, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing off, is limits. off limits. That's the word. All right. Yeah. I, f- I found a verse. You were okay. thinking like too many negative positives. Ah, Exodus three thirteen through 15. I, I found this one. Mm-hmm. There's only, and we always say I am what I am, but there's only one I am. Exodus three thirteen through 15. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. So there's only one I am. The rest of you need to be working on it. So let's, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today. What, you, you, Martha's that was got a just great a cute little corollary between you like that? Popeye and God. Yeah. Well, not that Popeye no, was God, no, no. but you know, no, Popeye, know. when he did eat his spinach, could do supernatural things. But yes. he always took out his, his anger on Brutus. I don't, poor guy. Well, he was a bully. You know, Popeye, for many people, is, is the weak, kind of funny looking, skinny underdog of, of, the, of the deal. But. He was okay with that. Right. He was who he was. I, I would say the same for olive oil. He was <laughs> for who he that was. matter. All right. So I thought it'd be great for us to highlight it right before we go to the break. You know, how did we see God work in our summer? We just got back from an amazing trip to northern Minnesota to see your folks and to see family and friends all along the way, on the way up and all the way along the way, on the way down. We did 2,000 miles and we flew. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Only the Brangenbergs. Got to see both of our daughters. Got to see, wow, we got to see a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It got was, to spend some time was, on the lake. Ooh, got to experience 70s and 60s and, and 50s. 50s. We're talking degrees. That was really nice. Yes, we got to experience the 70s and the 60s in our real life. But yes. that, we were talking about temperatures. Not the century, not the decade. I, I think what I saw, from my own perspective, on how we saw God work in our summer was just to be able to give us the ability to take some time away, to learn how to hear his voice, but also just to be at peace leaving. Because before, there's been times where it's really tough just to leave. Mm. So we're talking about a book that we came across about a year ago, The Lies Couples Believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. And we're talking about the lie today is my spouse should accept me just the way I am. You know, we all remember that song by Billy Joel. Don't go changing. I won't sing it. To try to please. I can't do it. You never let me okay, down. Okay, everybody before. knows what you're talking about, though. If they've right. experienced the 70s or whatever. Don't imagine you're too about. familiar and I don't see you anymore. I, I, I would not leave you in times of trouble. We never could have come this far. I take the good times, I'll take the bad times. I take you just the way you are. Now, that's the right attitude, but that's the spouse's attitude towards the spouse who's saying, hey, you got to accept me just the way I am. And that's really what you want to make sure we talked about, honey. But before we do that, Martha, why don't you talk about how you saw the Lord work in our summer? Well, um, I think that 
one of the things that, you know, I have a, a verse that we have up on our wall, and it says, um, it's where Jesus and Matthew says, come away with me to a quiet place and get some rest. And um, we really got a chance to experience that. And um, it's not easy for us because we're both doers. We're both like to be busy. We, f- we have spent pretty much all day filling our schedule for the next couple of weeks. And that kind of freaks <laughs> me out. Month. The next month. We don't have a Friday night left or whatever. But, um, but those are all very purposeful. But we need rest. We need downtime. And that is why vacations are so important. And it's not about the extravagance. It's not about the luxury. It's about getting away from the things that your normal responsibilities and getting some rest. And um, I put that as my signature on my out of office. And I actually had a friend who looked, I I just put the reference and then I said, look it up. And I actually had a friend who responded and said that she had looked it up. And I said, now if we could only just all do that once in a while and remember there are so many good things out there going on but learning to say no when it's appropriate well and the ridiculous part of all of that is we shouldn't have to leave our home <laughs> in order to experience rest but how many of us in the united states of america have to leave our home and go somewhere else in order to experience rest i mean we live across the street from the beach in florida but it was a good thing we were 20 <laughs> million people a year come to Florida to experience what we experience, and we have to leave here in order to experience peace. How ridiculous is that? But we left during a hurricane, so I guess well, that we was didn't a know there was be a hurricane thing. coming. But we wouldn't have been on the beach. I understand. Okay. Well, I would have no, been on the beach. I understand. What, yeah, I know you. But, but been I mean, people, but I, everybody I listen to me as you're listening to the show today. They, I mean, you know how relate. ridiculous that is. They relate to that. But the important thing is, people is who live in the mountains, where do they go? They go to the beach. People who live in the beach, where do they go? They the go to the mountains. mountains. People who live on the lake, where do they go? Do they go to the city? People who live in the city, where do they go? They go to the mountains or the coast you go to the midwest if you live in the midwest you go to the coast but so everybody the the, so why the can't key we experience that, peace at home you can that's called a staycation people do it and we've done it the last time we did a staycation we stayed home and we remodeled we the painted. entire house no we did it we painted and moved yeah. every room I was know. affected okay but the point the point is taking the time for some rest and getting peace and quiet or a change of routine, which is always helps with refreshing to come home with new eyes and rejuvenated and all of that. I only read one full book last week. And you're proud of that? I am. That's resting. Good. I rested. I only read one book. All right. We really need to get to this lie. The lies that couples believe. You're going to tell a lie? Yes. Okay. You need to accept me just the way I am. There's nothing wrong with me. You should, you married me. You have to take this package as it comes. Hmm. What's the lie about that? Hmm. Wait a minute. Let me just ask some questions. <laughs> While people are thinking about that, Martha, and Martha's like picking her jaw up off the table. All right. When we got married, did either of us have annoying habits? I would say when we were dating, we probably never noticed them. How's that for an answer? I think most people, when you're dating, you don't notice the annoying things or you think they're cute, but they become annoying when you then get married and live together. Like when I correct you all the time. That's a very annoying habit. When you say something and you're like 90% of the way there and I just want to fix it. Or so 99% that, of the way yeah, there. Yeah, and then I just correct you. Okay, so that's something that I do. I know that's annoying. Okay. I still do it. Is that a habit? I just... I'm, yeah, I, it is a habit. It's a habit because I like things to be exact. But they're not 
consequential. I understand. Well, I don't know. What would God think? No. All right. So another annoying habit. Let's see. I was always really good about putting the toilet seat down, so that wasn't something that annoyed you. Um, how about the fact, this is something Martha does. This is something Martha does. Uh-oh, I'm bracing myself. This is a Haynes family, no. family trait. Oh, no. Okay, let me guess. Let me guess. I don't order the dessert, but I want a bite of it. Oh, uh, uh, no, that wasn't where I was going. But that oh. doesn't really bother me because Martha's like. But it's a like, habit. She has me order dessert, and she's just like, do you want any dessert? No, I don't want any. I'll just have some of yours. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it is a habit. No, that's not what I was going to say. Okay. Here's the deal. In well, the Haynes household where, where Martha grew up, uh, and Teddy Lane may be listening or maybe not, but it's okay. Uh, they'd make bars of some sort, you know, like brownie bars oh. or lemon bars or whatever, a coffee cake. In Minnesota, we call them bars. You'd call them brownies down here, whatever it may be. And, and Anything and, you can put in a 9 by 13 pan. Anything you put in a 9 by 13 pan. And here's the deal. They never, you know how you normally cut out a square? It's maybe an inch and a half by an inch and a half, and you just take the whole square. <laughs> no, no, no. In the Haynes family, they take one quarter of that square and then they go back and take the next quarter of that square. And then the next quarter. They never have a full bar. Oh, yes, we do. We just do it in pieces. At one time, they do it in pieces. It doesn't count like, the same. Like, why don't you just take, the, take your hand, just take the whole thing at one time. Okay, that was one thing. They're, 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 do you feel better They're nibblers. Now? Well, now the nation knows that you have a that nibbling is, issue. That is just great. Okay, so do I have any annoying habits? Did I have any when we got married? Oh, well, you already said a couple of them. My my stop sign thing that was a stop sign. You yeah, know, that was I, I used just, to come. That was funny. I was still funny. think it's cute. Okay, Jim Jim does complete stops at stop signs. Not all the time. And I used to we do called all the time. them Jim stops because he actually like paused. Most people don't even pause. Sometimes they do it just at an intersection where there's no people, just to make the emphasis that I'm looking. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody else is. So. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so one of the thing I did write down one thing. Okay, but you, you but you, you still down. do it. So it's still an annoying habit? Well, I grew up in a home that you didn't burp. Oh, yeah. So there it goes. Jim's German Dad, and Italian. if you're listening, this is your fault. And I am so my father's son. Somewhere deep in his head, he still believes that it's a compliment. Okay, no, 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 no. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. As boys growing up, it was always about who could burp the loudest. At the dinner table? No, in the neighborhood. You're always trying. We would yeah. learn to burp off of any... We would suck air and trying to burp it was just all about burping 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 so and, and then my father always liked to express his burpage uh, to my mother burpage. in appreciation for dinner hmm. and the fact that he probably just had to burp and so i just have learned it i actually do better now than i used to do because sometimes i actually catch myself <laughs> so stifling it Stifle. is a great thing all right it doesn't mean don't burp but the point that would be bad for you okay health. so anyway do we do either of us contribute to enabling our bad habits? What does that mean? Well, okay, so your nibbling habit. Do it do we, or maybe you're just wanting a little piece of my dinner. Do I enable you? Well, I think if you're enabling it, then it's no longer annoying. <laughs> I is that not true? No, you know, it's not meant to be untrue. I was actually laughing at something Ace just wrote me. <laughs> He says he's heard me burp during the this, the off segments on the air sometimes. Wow, Ace, thanks a lot for throwing me under the bus on national Too air. Too bad they don't record us during the break. Thank goodness right? they don't record us. Okay, so, but the point of this lie is that our, our spouse should accept us just the way we are, that we don't need to work on anything. And that is, of course, the biggest, fattest, hairiest lie of all. Yeah, so the book, 
opens up this chapter by talking about this husband and this wife having an argument because the guy apparently puts dirty dishes in the sink all the time and the wife gets to them and they annoy her before he gets it. He takes the opportunity to wash them. So she's obsessive about cleaning up the kitchen and he's saying, you know what? Let it go because I am who I am and I put dirty dishes in the sink and I get to them when I want. And she's saying, but you're not a bachelor anymore. This is, you know, this is our kitchen and you got to do it my way basically. So they've had this fight going on, a true fight because he's saying, you need to leave my dishes alone. And she's saying, you need to clean up the kitchen. And so this is a great example of a situation where there is this, this is the way I am and this is the way I am and you need to, you know, they're not, they're not going to come to a, a point of compromise without both of them giving in a little bit. Okay, dishes. There's another thing. We do dishes. No, you don't need to bring up more of us. We're talking about the book. <laughs> they already know. We've, they've heard. Anybody who listens to the show knows we've talked about our dishes. We do them differently. And I don't restack Did the you dishwasher. hear that? Did you see what she just did? She totally shut me down. That's right, because they don't want to hear about All right, okay. Dishes. So how have we been able to work on our annoying habits? I think one of the ways is that we're, we try to do it as kind a way as possible. We, we, we bring attention Honey, just so you know, I find that annoying. We actually tell each other when we're bothering each other. Right. And if you want to go right to the end of the chapter, that's what the author's, one of the bottom lines is, don't be a spouse that, you're, you, that your spouse is afraid to come to and have an honest conversation. And I thought that was pretty convicting right there. To say, don't be that way. Don't be so self-righteous and saying that your way is the only way that your spouse can't ever come to you and, and just be honest. Well, there is a name or a word that describes people who refuse to change and always think that they're right. And what is that name? Divorced. Mm. Now, that's not the Christ way to solve this. The, pro- the problem is we, we, when we get married, we all got issues. But if you want to... And, ensure the disaster of your marriage just say you don't have anything to work on and just insist that you're perfect and your spouse is all screwed up that's a way to alienate your spouse hey how about let's do this glass half full honey honey why did you say that i mean i can't believe you said that that's another thing martha encouraged me to be glass half full and not glass half empty how about this my spouse should accept me just the way i am i don't need to work on anything i'm a pretty good package right the way she married me 30 years down the road is that really the truth no, that's the lies that couples believe. I am what I am is a lousy excuse for being a jerk. All right, that's how we're always. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The lies couples believe by Dr. Chris Summer. We're talking about, hey, the lie that my spouse should accept me just the way I am. You know, Billy Joel wrote a great song back in the, what, well, the 70s or the 80s, because it was sometime when we were in junior high school, about I love you just the way you are. And that's the way... A spouse should, ex- uh, to uh, uh, how about uh, express their love, like that's the way I should express my love to you, Martha. Is I love you just the way the, you are, but you should always want to becoming a better person. I should always want to becoming a better person. Right. It's about maturity. Become a better person. Become a better person. <laughs> become another. No, become well, a. Uh, was, I know, but yes. that's what is that? Master of disguise. Master of disguise. That's right. Become <laughs> a better person. Movie. All right. So. After all these 30 years, are you saying I still have things I need to work on? Well, we both do.
Yes. We do? <laughs> I know I have a lot of and things And you know what? On. Sometimes it changes and we don't even realize it. We'll be like, you started doing that recently, whatever it might be. I can't even what is it, honey? example. But the, and we'd be like, oh, why did we do that? All right, so we got that out of the way. Oh, something really cool, though. MTL wanted us to bring up that they've got MTL magazines by the case that they would like to give to your local church. If you've got a local church that would really benefit, this is a fantastic, it's, as they like to say, a premier magazine for the Christian community. But Martha and I read it cover to cover every time it comes out. It's a great magazine to get your congregation. If you want to get a free case sent to your church, you also can call into the studio line, 877-943-9673, and we will get a case of MTL magazine sent to your church, to your pastor. This It's a phenomenal magazine and full of fantastic resources. So call the studio line out, 877-943-9673. All right, Martha, the lie that we're talking about today. The lie for today is that my spouse should accept me just the way I am. And before the break, we were just talking about the fact that over time, we hope that we mature, that we... <laughs> Why are you looking at me when you say that? It's our goal. Well, because you're sitting across the table from oh, okay. me. <laughs> there is no one else I'm going to look at but you right now because we're talking. But um, the we're hoping to mature, to, to grow as individuals and to grow as couples. And in order to do that, we need to sometimes compromise. And that doesn't mean compromise in an not with integrity, but compromise in holding to something that you want to see it only done this way and your spouse only wants to do it this way and compromising coming to a um, an agreement on what you're going to say is okay for you as a couple. You know, there's been many great Hollywood movies made, or maybe not so great, but many Hollywood movies made on people marrying, Like it's always about the guy, a woman marrying a guy going, I can change him. I can fix him. I can fix him. But that's not what this is about. I mean, it is about that, but you should never marry somebody think you could fix them because the only person that can fix somebody is who? Themselves and with God's help. Right. So I think that's one of the biggest battles that people face in a marriage is that people often, and we deal with this in couples all the time, people often find issues that the other people need to work on, that their husband or wife needs to work on. I think we see that at work too. Well, Bob really needs to work on this, or Larry really needs to work on this, or James really needs to work on this. You're exactly right, because, you know, a lot of people just take, for instance, in the workplace, a boss and his approach to managing people. And, you know, you've got the older generations that were taught, you know, to have the strong hand, to lead with gruffness, to say, do as I say, not as I do, you know, that kind of approach. And on the way down, and it cha- the different generations have changed with their styles of management, but they'll say, well, this is the way I do it. Well, sometimes you need to look at who you're managing and figure out how to manage them well. And that may mean some change on your part. If you want to be effective, if you want to be lousy and you don't want to grow the company and you don't want to grow your department, then go ahead and, and stay the course. But really... The bottom line is if you want to see growth, you need to grow yourself and change. Well, and I think as we apply that to marriage and relationships, there is nothing that will stifle the growth of a relationship than people that are stuck. And there's nothing that will enhance the relationship any better than working on things that are just that you're messed up about. I mean, we all have issues. Everybody's got issues. That's why Jesus said, hey, 
Don't worry about the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye. Focus on the log coming out of your own. We got issues. And that's one of the encouragements we give couples. As you are married, if you would just focus on your relationship with the Lord and let him point out the issues you need to work with, then you, as you're pursuing the Lord and your spouse is pursuing the Lord, then you can both draw closer to each other as you're drawing closer to the Lord. We sat down with a 16-year-old, a, a daughter of a good friend of ours from way back when, uh, this past Friday. And I asked her how I should be praying for her, and she goes, I just want to pray. I just want you to pray that I'll see the things in myself that the Lord wants me to work on and that I'll get them worked on. So it's one of those really, that's really cool conversation to have with a 16-year-old. You know, I've got a special surprise for our audience today. I've got a local pastor, Pastor Tim Whipple from Bridgepoint, and he's got a heart and a passion for getting other churches around Tampa Bay to work together and to share the success that Bridgepoint has had with other churches so that we can all be reaching more people for the gospel. And that's what's so important. And I'm going to bring on Tim Whipple right now to I Work For Him. Tim Whipple, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, good to hear from you, Jim. It's so excited about this Reach 16 event that you have, and we'll get started talking about it. We'll have to go through a break and then come back and talk about it more. But what is the Reach 16 event all about at Bridgepoint? It's really all about helping share some of the leadership and growth principles that we've developed over the last few years as we've seen God uh, mushroom us into uh, the church that he's called us to be. And so we just wanted to be able to give ourselves away and share some of those principles for leadership and growth with local churches or anybody that might be interested in knowing our vision and mission and how we've been successful. So what you're saying is you guys have had an amazing amount of success as a church, and you're reaching people who weren't normally going to church, and you want to share that success with other churches. You want to give Ab- away the secrets. Absolutely, yeah. We just want to. We, we we don't want to keep it to ourselves. We want other people to be successful as well, other churches, other organizations. So we just want to give ourselves away and share how we've been able to, uh, you know, in this culture today, beat the odds and start reaching people at an incredible rate. And and that is amazing because Jesus said he would know, people would know that we're his followers by unity amongst us. And that's what you're trying to promote. Tim, talk to us about what this event is going, what what it's going to be all about. Well, Well, mainly what we want to do is help people to develop culturally relevant experiences that will reach people. And uh, we, we we just wanted to create an opportunity for people to get together, talk, think, have a conversation about how to be more innovative, how to uh, reach out to the unchurched and de-churched community, and to really make an impact. That's, that's our goal, is to try to make an impact, not for Bridgepoint, but for the kingdom. And just wanted to bring as many people together as we possibly could to have a conversation about what, what, what we might be able to do to do a better job of reaching those people that, uh, that are not being reached. So who should be attending this event? Well, I, I, I would choose anybody that was in church leadership, whether it be local pastors, whether it be, uh, you know, worship leaders, anybody that's involved in church leadership, as well as key volunteers, key leaders, deacons, elders, people that are involved in charting the course for a church, would really encourage them to come. And also, if you're involved in a nonprofit organization, if you just need to develop some uh, a culture-driven, I mean, a vision-driven culture uh, in your organization, or whether you need to uh, develop 
more principles and, and mission-oriented things, then uh, maybe you, you would be interested in coming as well. So local pastors, nonprofits, any organizational leader that would like to, uh, to grow in their leadership. We were talking today with Tim Whipple from Bridgepoint here in St. Petersburg about his event he's got coming up next week called Reach 16. It's Reach 2016, but it's reach16.com. And this event is all about sharing how Bridgepoint is succeeding in reaching the lost and sharing those clues, sharing those answers with pastors around the globe and around Tampa Bay. Tim, what are the, I mean, is this a big expensive conference? Are you guys making a ton of money in this deal? <laughs> Not at all. I mean, we're really just trying to cover the basic expenses and, and, and really we won't be able to do that as well. We just want to give it away. Um, obviously there's some cost there, but what we want to say to your listeners is if money is an issue to keep you from coming to a conference, you just let us know that. We would love to just have you come on us. Um, the cost right now is, uh, has, has just slightly gone up because of the lateness of it. It's $89 a person or $250 for your team. But I tell you what, if your listeners will say that they heard us on the radio and say that they want to come, we'll, we'll give them that cost for $39 a person or $100 for their team. And if those numbers are too high, you just tell them to let us know that and they can come on us. We would just want to do whatever we can to get people to come. All right. The dates of the event, Tim. The 15th, 16th, and 17th, it begins on Thursday evening, and then it continues all day Friday and then goes until noon on Saturday. All right, reach16.com, reach16.com. If you've got a pastor that's a friend of yours or you're a pastor listening, this is an event to bring unity among pastors, to bring the gospel to everybody in Tampa Bay, all those lost people, those 80% of the people in Tampa Bay that never go to church. Here's a way to reach them. Find out how Bridgepoint is reaching those people. Pastors and staff, this would be an amazing event for you, reach16.com. Tim Whipple with Bridgepoint. I really appreciate you bringing out this event. I, I hope that it is wildly successful and it's just part of an amazing movement of Christ here in Tampa Bay. Thank you so much, Jim, and thanks for helping us get the word out. No problem, Tim. Have a great day. All righty. Bye-bye. Martha, as we go back to talking about the lies that couples believe, I, I just want to just comment on this. That Reach 16 event, it just touches my heart because it is it, – here's a pastor that's got the answers. He, he's, he, God has shown him, hey, here, we're reaching unchurched people and we're getting them to come to church which is what every pastor and staff person in a church anywhere in the globe, they're all wanting to know that answer. And every culture is a little bit different, but this is a great event. I'm excited about that event. I love the heart of the fact that they're just saying, you know, we don't, we, this isn't something we want to keep to ourselves. And they're not saying they have all the answers and that they've got it perfected, but they've learned and why reinvent a wheel that doesn't need to be reinvented. And so that's what I work for him is all about is telling people about great things that are happening that can help. And in this case, the workplace is the pastors and the staff and the worship leaders and the volunteers working in the church. And that is their workplace. And if they can do it to the best of their ability and learn some new things to be more innovative and give vision then that's what this is all about. So we hope that people will take advantage. That was an incredibly generous offer, um, they, and they're not in it. So 100 make, bucks for their whole team. Yeah. Make, take advantage of that and get there. Do what you can to be there for as much of it as you can. Yeah, get your pastor out there networking with other pastors, and let's, all, let's reach all of Tampa Bay with the gospel. So last thing on that, listeners, if this is something that you think your church needs to attend— Help them make it happen. If you don't think they have the budget to do it, underwrite it for them. Yeah, write um, but, the check for 100 bucks. But share this information with somebody today so that they can get registered in it and, and get it on their calendar. Reach16.com.
That's reach16.com. You know, Ace just let me know that nobody's called in for the books yet, and we did it right at the end of the last segment, and we were kind of bummed. We jumped right into the Tim Whipple segment about Reach 16. We've got a couple of copies of The Intimate Marriage by R.C. Sproul, a practical guide to building a great marriage, a great gift for that upcoming newlywed couple in your life, or maybe for yourselves if you want to find out how to make your marriage great and awesome. Call right now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. Get a copy of this book, The Intimate Marriage, and so that you can overcome the lies that couples believe, which we're talking about today, which is, my spouse should accept me just the way I am. Yeah. Martha's texting during this show. Can you believe that? Unbelie- she, she's like a millennial. <laughs> she's like a millennial on the air. Oh, I am such a millennial. I okay, tell you. so how do we deal with, I mean, the whole point behind this lie is that you got issues, I got issues. I, I do need to love you just the way you are, but you should be striving to become a better person. I should be striving to become a better person. That's the point, right? Correct. Okay, that we're done with the it. show. Thanks for listening today. Well, and, and just to remind people, we're just trying to touch the the basics of the um, this particular book, The Lies Couples Believe, but to help people to be challenged to say, you know what, I want to work a little more on my marriage. I want to take it to the next level, and with God's help, we can. So one of the things that this this chapter of the book, talking about, you know, my spouse needs to accept me just the way I am, is that he talks a lot in that chapter about having to have a lot of grace, but also having a marriage that's based on truth. And if you need to be able to have conversations with each other, we don't like it. We don't like somebody to tell us, hey, you know, we really shouldn't dress that way or whatever. I don't care if you tell me that, though. But, oh, that's something I learned. That's something I learned. Yeah, tell everybody what you've learned, I've learned that once a woman leaves the house, you never make a comment on their outfit until they get home. Unless there's something really, really well, unless there's something, yeah, there's like a an issue, zipper or something issue. like that. Yeah. But don't make a comment about the fact that they that doesn't look. It good. wasn't the best color choice. Make the comment before when you have a chance. And, and I have learned never to comment about the outfit when I don't have a chance once we left the door. Yeah, but if it's really important, do well, it before because I don't want to be gone all day and then come home and you go, oh my word. You know, There's been times, awful. Martha, where an offer when she gets home and says, can you just put that in the garbage or give it away, please? <laughs> like that green shirt the other day. But anyway. Okay, let me just, but I but, only put the ugly green shirt on because I was doing my hair. You okay, know, so. but I don't care. You can tell me whether I look, you know, that I got to fix it. But l- like snoring, I hate the fact that I snore and I keep you up at night. And I really want to work on it. So I try to sleep on my side so I don't snore. But sometimes I slip onto my back and I start to snore. So I am working on it. Right. I know that I have issues that need to be fixed. All right, so how do we deal with the snoring? It is well. If I just lose weight, it'd be fine. But it's your fault. You keep feeding me. Mm. All right, how do we deal with things that are really part of our spouses versus the change that God can bring about in us? Is everything flexible? So, in other words, some things are just us, and some things we can fix. But there's ways we can address. I, I don't know. How do we get? How do we become sensitive to the the movement of of the Holy Spirit and our spouses in working on things that are important to work on? Well, I think that praying about it is really important because sometimes. Oh Lord, show me how annoying I am to Martha. That sure, kind of prayer? that okay. kind of prayer, and the other side of that is the spouse saying, "Lord, I don't know why I am letting this dirty dish thing, like the couple in the book." 
become such an idol for me. Or the and dirty the, dishwater thing. And you know what? I was guilty of that this morning. I left it in the sink last night. Whew. Man. See? I got to let it go. Let it, there's a song like there that. There is. Don't you yes. dare sing that no, song on the no. air. But, no tributes to free Disney. But no. I think that it takes both party, both parties praying and saying, Lord, I don't want to be an annoyance to my spouse. That is not what life is, should be about. But if there's something I'm doing that's causing friction, people just don't want to be close to, you know, you don't want to, it, it, it's like a pro, propulsion. What's it, what, like a, you know, like a, what do you, what are you, like a bubble around you? Like, I don't want to get too close to that because they're annoying me. You don't well, want that explosive. in a marriage. It's an explosive topic. Well, okay. That wasn't the thing I was thinking of. But the point is that you don't want to do things that are causing division in your marriage. Things that push you away from each other. You want but, to be drawing closer uh, to each other. Okay. But how does, how do you balance that with forgiveness and with grace? Because it is, I mean, we all have annoying habits. And we're talking about this. We're, we're talking about the lies that couples believe. A book by Dr. Chris Sermon and a lie this week is my spouse should accept me just the way I am. I am what I am. But this truth, again, as always, applies to what goes on in the workplace. Uh, you, in the workplace, we often find issues with the people that we work with and things that are annoying about them, their laugh or how they eat their food with their mouth open and talk with their mouth full of food or whatever. Their keyboard is disgusting because they eat at their desk. Whatever it may be, they take their shoes off and they're in their cubicle. And uh, Maybe that's not a good idea. You were going to answer the question? Well, I was because I love one of the things about how this book is set up is at the end of every chapter, they talk about putting the truth into action and they talk about um, acknowledging the lie that you believe in, in that particular chapter and then um, the cost of believing that lie. But when you end talking about the biblical truth behind the truth of that lie and you said, what about truth? And it says, act on it. And it says, one way you could act on this truth is to set aside a time each week for your spouse's input. Ooh. What would you like <laughs> me to work on this week that would leave you feeling safer and more loved? I am never what asking that question. What a great question. Oh, what, what, what was that what question again? What would you like me to work on this week that would leave you feeling safer and more loved? Wow. That's a great question. So you're opening it up. Okay, read it one more time. What would you like me to work on this week that would leave you feeling safer and more loved? This is a line you should ask your spouse. What would you like me to work on this week that would leave you feeling safer and more loved? That's a good one. That's a great question. What's the answer, Martha? I don't know. I have to think about it. Oh, okay. But I asked you about free. I mean, that's the whole idea is you've got issues. I've got issues. And we got people around us. They got issues. How do we deal with those people and their issues that are annoying us? Well, sometimes it's just a matter of expressing truth in a loving fashion. But most of the time we should stop and just go, wait a minute. If I think they have issues, that's what Jesus was talking about. The whole sawdust log pole thing. You know, why are you worrying about your brother's sawdust when you've got a pole coming out of your eye? I asked you, Martha, what about, I mean, the whole point is just work on your own issues. But if somebody's really doing something that's annoying you, just talk to them about it. I mean, we, we got to, especially in your marriage, you got to talk because you want to live a lifetime together. Your lifetime should be awesome. 
Well, and let me just interject that real quick. We've talked before about Gail Roper, who is a, a wonderful author who is a widow. And yes. she talks about how the very things that could possibly be annoying you today are the things you'll miss if your spouse passes away. And you may not believe that. And it, and that's not the point. The point isn't ignore them. But the point is what's really important. And the important thing is that you grow your relationship. I, I love this little ask for forgiveness phrase that they put at the end of this chapter. We're talking about the lies the couples believe, a book by Dr. Chris Thurman. And it says, ask for, ask for forgiveness of your spouse. Say something like this. I have refused to acknowledge I have things to work on, and I remained the same person I was when you married me. I am sorry. I have demanded you accept me as I am without giving you any room to ever challenge me to change. Will you please forgive me for this and pray that I'll become a better person, the person that God wants me to be. And, and, and that phrase fits right in the workplace, too. I mean, people, we work with people. And if you, I mean, I've had, I've been in some amazing workplaces where people can really work through things and, and where I have lifelong friends. And I've been in some workplaces where when I walked out, I never talked to anybody ever again because I couldn't wait to get out of there. But the workplaces that were awesome were places where there was truth and honesty. And when you annoyed somebody, you, you talked about it so you could make it better. And then when you prayed with people, it makes it so much better. But Martha, this lie is so pervasive in marriages today and insidious. It, it, it just eats away at a marriage. We, we've got to be honest with each other, but we've got to recognize the fact that we each have issues to work on and we need to be working on our own issues. Right. Look in the mirror before you're pointing the finger at other people and, and being who, become who God wants you to be. And not be selfish. Because a lot of people think, well, I don't want to change because that's work. One final plug for Reach 16, a conference for pastors next weekend at, at Bridgepoint Church, the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, reach16.com. If your pastor and staff want to find out how Bridgepoint is reaching the unchurched successfully in the St. Petersburg community, get them involved in this conference and mention I Work For Him and get a huge discount on your entrance fee. Reach16.com. And Martha, the marriage cruise, we've got a few seconds left. People should look up online, iworkform.com under the events tab for the marriage retreat cruise. It's less than six months away. People need to get a, a room now. Rooms are booking up. That's right. iworkforhim.com. That's iworkforhim.com. Click on the events tab. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, and we own our own business, and we make mistakes all the time, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.